0: Hello, hello. My name is April Mullen with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have a guest from Calgary, Alberta. This is Louise Hopkins with us um, in Canada. So, Louise, go ahead and come on in and introduce yourself and let us know what you're doing. Hi,
1: April. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm really excited. Um, Yeah, so I'm living in Calgary right now, but I'm actually from New Zealand originally, so I've been here for 12 years. Um, Yeah, my husband's Australian, so we just love it here with the Rockies, it's beautiful. Um, And currently we both work from home, so this is quite quite a perfect uh, time to chat about it, right? And I guess a lot of us are working from home too. Um, So I'm actually uh, just quickly a home organizer. So I help people um, on the coaching side of it as well. So I have uh, the programs and really teaching people how to reclaim their space, um, which is perfect for working from home as well. Right. So I absolutely. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So it's quite perfect. And um, I fell into it uh, about five years ago. Gosh, it goes by quick here. Um, and, and you and I were having that conversation before. It's like, I'm actually not a naturally organized person. So when I started gravitating towards becoming an organizer, kind of in the back of my mind, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, what's going on? And it's like, really? Um. But then the more I started working with clients and discovering, uh, it really felt like this was for me. So yeah, I, I love it. And uh, still going strong five years later.
0: <laughs> I I have actually um looked into the profession just more obviously just for like my own needs, like to try to like learn how to organize my own space. I actually, at one point had a whole stack of like 10 books about like decluttering and organization and make the best use of your space. And I'm like, even my decluttering books are becoming clutter.
1: (laughs) Yep. That is right.
0: (laughs) Um, And it's like what you do with it. Right. So um, I was just saying, this is a really timely conversation for me because I am uh, I have been working full time from home more or less for the last 13 years. And right now I'm in a job transition um, and actually kind of literally in the transition where I'm not quite sure what I'm going to be doing next. You know, I'm, I'm wrapping up one thing and getting to the next. And so I'm like looking at my office and I'm like, this served as purpose for me teaching English online for three and a half years and all the things that I haven't, you know, at my disposal here are, are specifically for that. I can reach things and it's all over the place. It's pretty full. Um, and I'm like, man, if I got just like a regular desk job, work from home desk job, um, (laughs) you know, I wouldn't need most of this stuff. And what would this space look like and how could I, you know, make it new for me? I don't know. And what should I hang on to? Like, I just don't know. So it's, it's kind of like that weird transition time. Um, in-between stage right that's always the hard part when you're sort of in between
1: and if you don't know exactly what you're going into that's when you kind of feel unsettled I guess
0: right very much so and like especially that part of just I, I could go a lot of different directions because of my background and you know some of my my training and education and experience like just I could go this way or that way or the other way and it's like I don't know what to do until I know for sure um I don't want to get rid of things that I'll immediately need. Yes. Well,
1: one really good idea for you, I could give you this one to start with, is things that you know for sure that you're not going to need. You could start with just really small, right? It doesn't have to be a big makeover. I'm a big believer in doing things in small kind of tiny tasks. Um, Otherwise, it's too overwhelming, right? So you could start with things and even box them up. And then it just makes it a lot calmer for you and you can make decisions easier, right? Because your brain's not as cluttered. So that could be a way and then just put those boxes if you have a spot for them (laughs) and then box them away.
0: Yeah. Since I'm in a closet, there's shelving and I can definitely like right now, I just kind of have things like, loosely very chaotically kind of piled above my head right now which i i definitely could have an avalanche on top of me at any moment kind of thing (laughs) we don't Um, know but i could definitely you know organize and stack a couple of boxes until i know better um i want to change gears and just talk about your accent because when we got into the meeting i was like now tell me again where are you from (laughs) um so calgary canada is just um you know, north of United States, but I've actually never been to Canada. So I was just saying, I don't have a lot of frame of reference. So it's just up the Rockies. Are you north of Montana? Yes,
1: we are. Yeah. So, Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. That's where in Montana, when I, cause I'm from New Zealand, as I said, originally we went there to do the you know, passport kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: I have a sister that just moved to Montana, um, but we actually have friends from New Zealand, which was confusing me with her accent. Cause I talk with my friends every week in a zoom and I was like, your voice sounds familiar to me, but I can't quite place it. So that makes, that's really fun. And my family was just downstairs for the last couple of hours watching the show bluey, which is based out of, um, Australia, it's a kids cartoon.
1: Yes, I do know that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's that's a different like, accent.
0: <laughs> yes, it is very. It's our comfort. It's our comfort show uh, when someone is sick. So my daughter is sick today, and we're oh. binge watching it. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: that's no good. At least it's got someone to spend time with her too. And yeah.
0: <laughs> so you said you've been doing the organization for five years, and I'm assuming you've got. You, you talked about the coaching and the training part. How much of it are you like getting down and dirty and getting into people's homes and working alongside them or working for them?
1: Oh yeah, so that's, I do a lot of that or and I'm transitioning into the coaching side of it. And the reason was that when I come into someone's home and when I left, I was always like, are they going to keep it that way? Because there's so mm-hmm. many layers to it. Um, collecting clutter, feeling really overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. you know, one a couple of great sessions with organizing is awesome because we can talk and chat and give ideas, but it really takes some time to change that mindset. So it's all about the right. mindset. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, um, but I do, I've have been into people's homes for the last five years, um, all different levels, all different categories. And it's really amazing. What I loved about it is that you get to see the weight actually lifting off the person when they see mm-hmm. me drive away in my truck and take all their stuff away. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yep. So yeah. I actually have undergone a similar experience, not with you, obviously, but, um, in the last month or so, I, um, I've i had a few people, and it wasn't a paid project. It was, um, I'm part of a community called the Buy Nothing Project, and you can give and receive things freely. Usually, usually physical items, like people are decluttering their house and like, you know, I have these curtains that we're not using. Does anyone need curtains or want curtains? And you just put them up and you can choose who you're going to give it to based on whatever you feel like that day. It could be a random drawing. It could be based off of the funniest comment, or you know, who can pick it up the fastest, sort of thing. And one day, I was like, I would just love to have the gift of time. If anybody would like to sit with me while I'm organizing things in my garage, I just need some motivation. We've got some family coming out of town, but even more than that, it was we had put down this big rug in our garage. We live in a smaller home for a family of uh, five of us with um, our three children. It was two of us working from home and then my um, three children had been doing online school. So it just was like close quarters for a long time. And so someone had given this rug that we could lay down on our garage to give us one extra little space. Like we didn't have a playroom or anywhere really to spread our wings, you know? And so this big two-car garage has turned into like that extra space for our family. Um, But it was so cluttered. It was just filled with boxes, The rug was underneath everything and you could not see the rug. (laughs) You're like climbing (laughs) over the bicycles to get to the door kind of thing. And I'm like, if I can just like downsize the stuff, like we've been letting go of, you know, we're not planning on having any more children. And so now we can let go of the clothes that we had been hanging on to just in case, giving them off to cousins and friends locally and stuff. And it was great. We finally cleared off the whole thing. We got rid of two cars worth of stuff. It was like storage unit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I had a few friends that rotated in with me and just like, we really got to know each other. It's a really nice time to talk and tell stories and to motiv- motivate one another. Um, one of the ladies was really great at just, um, you know, being like, I like to get rid of the biggest and bulkiest things, you know, <laughs> like that are really taking up space. Like, are you, you've been storing this desk out here? Are you planning on using it? And I'm like, mm, not really, you know, so she did that. She loaded up her truck for me and um, hauled off a few things to, to give away again in our by nothing group and also to just donate.
1: That's amazing. That's really good friends. Right. And, and sometimes it can go the other way too. If it's um, it can cause some some uh, fl- uh, conflict between friends, right? Yeah, um, I can see I, that. Yeah, for sure. But you were very, very lucky that you had, you know, um, <laughs> really good friends and she took it away too. So that's even better. And I
0: didn't know her. I didn't know her. So it wasn't like oh. it was my friend. It was someone who became my friend through the process. So. Right,
1: got you, yeah.
0: There was another woman who also came and sat with me. Um, there was actually a few, um, but there was another woman. She was more of like a work aside, work alongside you person. She wasn't just chatty, um, but just like, get it done. And yeah, one of the things that my, both of these people have done it professionally as well. But yeah, that's the thing. She's like, am I enabling people, you know, by just doing the work for them and getting them to this place? Or am I really like giving them the momentum that they need to continue on? So. I think, and I really
1: like that because I think, There And it's everybody's different, right? Different personalities, but giving them the momentum. But if you talk through it, and I find, because I've done that a lot with clients, like some of them, they just, just like yourself, right? They just need somebody there beside them. They need that accountability. They need to be given permission sometimes as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've had, um, you know, I've helped people with filing and just standing beside someone because- It's not our favorite thing. Well, for some of us, it's not, right? So just to be given that guidance and then, you know, that's where coaching can really take it to the next step and just be where that momentum is is picked up. But what happens sometimes is life gets in the way, right? And then you lose that and then it can just start building up again. So yes. because my belief is that really getting that mindset and understanding where the clutter comes from, is really going to set you up for success, right? For continued success.
0: I like that you mentioned filing because that's actually where we bottlenecked. Um, Whenever my new friends were with me helping as I was um, organizing things and, you know, working alongside me, every time we find like a box of papers from, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago or two years ago, I'd be like, let's just put it in the pile of boxes of paper because I'm going to have to go through those with my husband. You know, I'm not going to put that on you to go through this. This is like our, you know... (laughs) you know, our children's artwork and like the Christmas cards and like some of the things that are sentimental that we're not going to get rid of, but like right now they're just a slurry of papers. Yes. Like there's no rhyme or reason. And anytime you need to search for something like the title to a car or something, you know, it's not where <laughs> it belongs. And so, um, I'm like my husband and I need to do that. So I've bought some file boxes. We have a file. Fu- couple filing cabinets and that's what we were actually doing today before I got on the show <laughs> oh perfect that's yeah. awesome how do you so feel about a, that <laughs> it's it's a start it's going to definitely be a yeah. process um yeah. we were right in the middle of it and we got the phone call from school that one of our kids was sick and needed to be brought home oh. <laughs> so it's like ah foiled again See, but, it's that know. life that gets in the way yep. right? yeah totally <laughs> yeah and we had that momentum but then um so I have three children and for whatever reason one of our children was sick for like eight or 10 days. This was the other daughter um, was sick for quite a while. And it really threw us for a loop. It was a lot of doctor's appointments and an ER visit and the whole bit. Um, And so definitely, you know, we got slowed down and I have basically had that conversation with my husband yesterday. I'm like, I know it's not fun for us, but I almost feel like the paper part is the emotional toll that it takes. It's like, I feel like I'm reliving every memory when I'm sorting through a box of papers. It's like all the good and the bad stuff, you know, sometimes yes. I, like I remember we had like a, I think we had been driving through California and we took the wrong exit and we ended up on a toll road. And then like, we went past the sign that tells you where to pay the toll before, like either of us like took a picture or wrote it down or something like that. And like later on, you you get the bill in the mail, like, oh, you missed this toll. oh no, (laughs) And we paid it, you know, eventually, but it's like, you find that paper and like someday it's like, it just makes you like relive the the stressful moment of like having to deal with that website and all the things and so it's nice to just finally say goodbye yes (laughs) yep to those bad memories (laughs) it's like the energy right like you said it's
1: reliving that again it's the energy that comes up so it's just like "Ah, I just want to get rid of it and just deal with it um Mm -hmm. but really good thing with when you were talking about kids crass if you wanted a tip for that um how I suggest for that is um you could well, what I say is give yourself a guideline. So I kind of go by rules and guidelines. It helps it, right? So it makes the decision easier. So, yeah, and you've already done it. You've given the one file box. So that's a big thing is just do um, give yourself a number. So just say that one box per kid and then just choose the big projects that you want to keep, like the really kind of the, the more uh, more important ones, I guess, rather than the noodles right. and the things like yes. that, right?
0: <laughs> I told my husband, I'm like, if we find art, but it doesn't have a name or we have no idea like who made this and it doesn't have like that significance then there's no reason that we need to keep it. I would like to eventually, like right now we're gonna have to keep the physical copy until we have the bandwidth to maybe make like one of those like memory books that are a lot, a lot more compact where you can take a picture and, yes. and send it in and print it off but we're not there yet. You know, it's just like, first we have to organize the papers and then we can consolidate even better, I think. So baby steps for sure.
1: It totally. And that's why cause it, you said it before, like it's not your favorite thing. It's nobody's favorite thing, but once you get that and once you get it under control and then it's so much easier to maintain, right. But it's getting to that point. It's so easy to say, you know what, I'd rather be spending time with the kids or doing something so much more fun. So that's what another really good um, idea is to schedule it in your calendar. And that mm-hmm. way um, it comes up for you, you're accountable for it. And both you and your husband can agree on a time and don't like right. you said, baby steps, it doesn't have to be five hours at a time. Right. Cause no one wants to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we found some ways to make it fun. Like I just said, maybe we should just do this once a month. You know, we were kind of having a little party in the kitchen and, yes. um, you know, eating and, and drinking, um, actually just I drinking sparkling water, but like we were, uh-huh. you know, just like, we got to make the most of it for right now. And get through it so that it can be, you know, because I, I said, this is just a stress. Actually, it's like the one thing before we got married that we just knew that we both struggled with, like we had really good compatibility in many areas, but, you know, we came into this marriage, we were both 31 years old. And so we kind of each had our own system and merging that was, was a challenge. Um, he had his own file box with all of his papers. I had my own and we've never really consolidated it. So I never really knew like where, where is our marriage license and our social security cards? Like they should probably be in the same location. Yeah. <laughs> so like if one yeah. of us and we actually talked about it, we have a little file box that has a handle on it. It's like a portable one. Yep. And I'm like, we should probably put some of the most imp- important papers in the one that could be portable in case there was an emergency and we needed like a go bag and yes. let's just grab it, you know, <laughs> like just yep. in case there was a fire. Um, like that we we haven't been there yet like i used to have a firebox that would you know hold those kinds of things but it lost its key and it doesn't close anymore so We need a new system. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: that's when you get that system and merging together, like you said, it like, you know, blended families, when you come together as a couple, it's quite tricky because you have two different sets of personalities. Right. Mm -hmm. So always go simple. Simple is always so good. And try and keep less paper than, you know, try and go digital as much as you can although that's another filing system, right? That you need to keep track of. (laughs) Yeah. So that the digital clutter, and that can be overwhelming too, right? So I always suggest that people really go through and unsubscribe to a lot of things because that Mm -hmm. takes that clutter away. Um, That's my
0: favorite is to just write, tell, take that, like, even then you get the junk mail, I'll get the email or I get the junk mail. I'll get the envelope (laughs) that says, you know, pay here, or you know, reply here or buy here. And I'll just take that postage paid envelope and be like, unsubscribe, remove me from your mailing list and send it Perfect. back to them. It's like wonderful.
1: Yes. So, and doing that straight away is always good. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm talking about my own clutter problems. Like we definitely, you know, it's always a process, right? Like you, yeah. you, you, you were here and now you're moving here and like, definitely you know, it comes with ebbs and you say ebbs and flows. Is that how (laughs) How we say it? (laughs) Um, So like priorities often change. And so like, you know, when we're moving, usually that's the sort of time that we're really working on downsizing and like organizing everything. But then, you know, we've had five years and whatever this location and starts to build again. But I want to hear about how you got into it. You said you don't know you were like, how did I get into this? But like, literally, can you just kind of like talk about what did you do before you were a professional organizer? Yeah, no, totally. And,
1: um, <laughs> Sorry. <go ahead. laughs> um, yeah. It's so I've done many things. I have done so many things. I kind of one of those people that's always looking for the right fit, the right thing. So I've been an admin assistant. I've been um a bar person, like traveling, you know, I traveled for um five years. So I was bar person, uh travel agent. Um gosh, I've done so many different things. And I owned a cafe in New Zealand. And I was working in oil and gas in Calgary, which is quite big for Calgary, that industry. And I really wasn't happy. I had a really good job. I had a six-figure paying job. I had tons of vacation, um, paid vacation, um, and it was, you know, it was a good job, but it wasn't for me. So I started looking around, and I found this thing called someone was selling a business um, about home organizing. I'm like, huh? what's that? As that people do that? So it just really attracted me. I just wanted to listen to, find out more about it, I should say. So I was like, maybe me, me, I was like, oh, I can start my own home organizing business. There was something about it that obviously that conversation triggered something. Um, and so I started doing, I thought it was kind of making things look pretty and, and doing that part of it. I was like, well, I can do that. That sounds kind of easy, right? Not so easy, but getting the clients. And what happened was talking to them, working with them, really hearing how much stress they were having from their stuff and it just became apparent to me this is what I meant to do because i really enjoy the psychological part of it mm-hmm. and for me it's hearing people say they talk about i used to be organized before i had kids then i had kids then my life just blew up right and it's, it's like so yeah. true <laughs> it totally is hey? it's it's like and you know i felt quite a lot of imposter syndrome, I guess, for a long time, because as I said, I'm not naturally organized. But what I realized the key was having less clutter and really changing, like I said, the mindset and why do we need to buy stuff? Why do we feel the need to keep bringing it into our home is a really, really key thing. Because when you have less clutter, you can be so much more organized. I'm not lying. I can still run out of the house and go, oh, where's my car keys? You know, things like that, right? Um, I usually have a spot, like one or two places for them, but I don't always put them back in the same spot. Try to, my mind's like, yes, I have to do that. But you know Mm -hmm. what it's like, right? The kids are at home or you get a phone call and you're like, I'll just dump this here. So there's still that, but when you have less clutter, it's easier to find them. So this is what I realized was the key and the message that I wanted to, to really put out there for everybody. And just let's, you know, it's, it's great to have quick tips and tricks for, for decluttering, but let's really work on setting you up for long-term success. So that's what I was attracted to. That's what I've done a ton of work around, um, and really focusing on that, I think you know, has helped so many people. And I'm loving it. Right? They they some of them call me the devil and the angel on their shoulder. Um, <laughs> they they can hear my voice, and they're like when they're trying to make decisions, and when things mm-hmm. are good, I guess I'm the angel. So, yeah, that's
0: it, how I found th- there's a lot of overlap I can see or I can imagine with like weight loss coaches. It's almost like that psychological component is so big that the physical part of it is almost like the smaller part, if that makes sense. It it totally does.
1: I totally, yes. Well, it's actually, because when you say that, I talk about how clutter affects our health, our finances, our creativity, um, you know, so many things. And that's why for me, I talk about the clutter part of it. But then we also talk about, you know, say if your kitchen is cluttered and you're not happy in it and you have the, the dumping stations that we all have, tend to have, right? And you decide you're not creative in it. So you decide to do takeaway a lot. You don't want to eat in your kitchen. You go away a lot because you don't like that space. It doesn't make you feel good. So you can see Mm -hmm. that knock on effect, right? It also drains your energy. Um, Stuff has so much energy attached to it, right? So then if you are draining yourself from that energy, you're like, I'm just not, I don't want to deal with it. And that's really, really hard and overwhelming.
0: Right. And like for my family, my husband and I, our personalities are quite different. He is a homebody and he actually cares a lot about, you know, where things are placed in the home and how does it look and doesn't ever want to have anyone over unless it's, you know, the way he feels it should be where I am so social. I am very happy to just leave the house, you know, and to be with friends. And I'm very happy to just invite people over at any moment. Oh, my house isn't coming (laughs) over.
1: (laughs) Stressful (laughs) for him, eh?
0: (laughs) Yes, we've learned not to do that. (laughs) At least be like, how about in a week you could come over? You know, to give like um, a heads up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a compromise. You need to compromise in families because actually, funny you say that. My husband is way more organized than me. He Mm -hmm. is like over the top, so it just we kind of clash a little bit with that too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, I, I know that when they talk about, you know, relationships and the stresses that they have, you know, there's sex and money and what do you think is, does organization, does that come into, you think like a lot of conflict?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. It's always, it's. I, sometimes people will actually hire me to be the, you know, the middle person. Um, so when we're going through and we're organizing, um, so they don't yell at each other, uh, they don't get really upset. So wow. because, right, <laughs> it's, it's, it's
0: really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Can
1: charge more for that. (laughs) I should no, just kidding. But it's it's really and you know just recently I did a garage cleanout and they're looking at downsizing and so I uh, mainly she did hire me was because she knew her husband would just fight back at her and they would just you know uh, kind of lose it at each other I suppose. So for me, I was the person in between, and but he was really because he didn't know who I was, he learned to trust me because you have to gain that trust because you can't, you know, what what they get worried about with family members, you know, husband, wife, children, is if you start throwing things out without them knowing about it and think they'll never miss it, a lot of us know what we have and they do miss it, then they lose trust. So they're like, well, you threw that out, so that, that causes that conflict, right? Yeah. Yeah. But once you start asking the right questions and showing them that, you know, it's okay, I understand, but let's talk about this. Why are you holding on to it? What's behind it? And it's interesting because I don't know about when with your experiences or what you thought at first. I know sometimes people think with organizers, we're just going to make you throw everything out. (laughs) and that we're going to make you get rid of everything, which is so not true. Uh, Some might, but definitely not the way I do it. And it's funny because when I say it, if if they start asking me permission and say, well, can I keep that? I'm like, well, yes, but do you have the space for it? What does it mean to you? And we ask that series of questions. So yeah, it it definitely is a conflict between families, right? And it can cause a lot of friction.
0: I think that our experience, um, especially working with the people from this Buy Nothing project, which by the way, is a worldwide project. I think it's more mm. active in some areas than others. Um, some people have a very, you know, active community where you're constantly giving and taking. And, you know, with the Buy Nothing project, um, it really helps people, first of all, be willing to let go of their things because they know it's going to go into community of people that probably will use those things. Once and needs actually aren't even like, is as important as just, you know, someone wants it, it doesn't have to be a need, it's just, you know, whatever. So like there are certain things that I will take into my home because I know we will use it and it makes it easier for me to let go of the things I don't I know that we don't need to use anymore. Um it makes it easier for me to let go of the clothing that I'm not going to ship to my sister in Montana. Yes. <laughs> um because I know <laughs> that this community like has the same priorities. We're reducing the things from the landfill. We're giving things another life. It's reducing and reusing, reducing and reusing a whole bunch before, you know, to the end of its life and then we'll throw it out. So I, I just love that. And so not only that, I had those people with that same mentality who were sitting with me in my garage as I was sorting through stuff. And, you know, they could help be like, you know what, I think we'll post this into our group let's just put this in a box and donate it. (laughs) You know, like, so I wasn't technically just throwing stuff into the dump that could be used by someone. We threw out a lot of garbage. We found broken bits and pieces. I filled up our garbage bin multiple times again and again and again. It was surprising to me how much I threw away, but knowing that I wasn't just throwing away good stuff, it made me feel like it was a real success.
1: Yes. Yeah. And you actually, both things, you just hit the nail on the head. I love that because it's all about reusing it. And that's another thing, you know, let's try buy less so it doesn't get thrown into the landfill. And I know sometimes people feel really guilty when they see the amount of garbage that's going out. Mm-hmm. And what I say to that is just think of it as a, as a lesson, as an awareness, right. And then you can just say, I won't let this happen again, you know, and then just, you know, change that and move on from there. Cause some people kind of get hung up about it. Cause they're like, I don't mm-hmm. want to throw all this stuff out in the garbage. Obviously, you know, like what you did donate as much as possible. Um, and I think that really helps when you know, what's going to a good home too. So. Right.
0: Yeah. When I bring things, I don't know what change you have up in Calgary, but um, Goodwill, you know, we have a few yep. different ones. I think Desert Industries is DI. I'm not sure. There's a few different places. A lot of places like for foster families will receive things, clothing, furniture, you know, people who are trying to prepare their home for another child um, always are looking for things. And there's often someone that will take what you're ready to get rid of. Part of that problem, though, is that it is still a time intensive thing to donate you know to all these different specific things and so like you said you know I'll haul off your stuff Um, it's really nice when people can come and pick it up from you so like if someone is with you if you do have someone that can take a picture and post it into your you know group or into your free or your marketplace Facebook marketplace or whatever that time like even if someone who couldn't physically help you but could do that you know service for you to just help you let go let go let go faster um, but yeah, if I were to sit there and document and write a description and like coordinate every single item that I have in my home to, to donate it, I would never get it done because it's so you got to just sa- save that for the really special things. And then just hope to God that, you know, the donation sites will actually be able to use it, but it's a little disheartening. I think when you pull up to like a actually someone in the buy nothing project the other day was having a garage sale and they finished and they needed everything to get donated that was left over and I'm like, I've got my van with me. I'd be happy to drop it off for you. And I stopped by the house of the lady who helped me organize because she works oh, a lot awesome. with the homeless community. And yes. I gave her like the blankets and the jackets and the things that the homeless would use and the baby clothes for some of her friends that have babies. And then I just dropped everything off at Goodwill. But it made me sad to see the big, I don't know. I think they were trash bins, like yeah. just overflowing, you know, dumpsters. Uh, they're just throwing stuff out. And I'm like, at least those things that I left you know, with my friend and that I we kept a couple of things um, won't be thrown away. Hopefully they'll take, It's a kind of a trust thing? Like, I just hope that they'll give this a good home, but I, I see that you're throwing away a lot of stuff.
1: Well, and and that is the thing that I know a lot of people get hung up on that. So you're talking really good topics, right? People get hung up on that and they're like, they don't trust the donation centers that they're taking them to. Um, don't forget, like- some people donate stuff that shouldn't be donated, that should go to landfills. So they have to really go through that. And Mm -hmm. it's still a really great service. And even though some of them, they, they sell them on for a little bit, like maybe a dollar or two a piece or whatever it is. um, It's still dealing with it. It's still going to a really good home. And this again is where we go back to looking at buying less. And really just when we purchase things, look at what's going to happen with it in, you know, six months or when I'm finished with it. Am I able to recycle it? Am I able to sell it on or give it away? So really creating, that's another thing I'm very passionate about is really looking at the start of it, right? So when you're going through that process, it's awesome because you're looking at it, understanding and, it is time consuming taking to donation is so time consuming and that's where people get stopped a lot as well um so it's really great that you could take to some different areas once you know where they are it's a lot easier but trying to find a resource like where do I take mattresses where do I take broken tvs those Mm -hmm. kind of things yes yes
0: yes. I had a friend who um had a I don't know how to put this um just so many clothes, like just so many clothes that we needed to deal with quickly. She was going to try to prepare to move. And Mm -hmm. we just were like, you know, finding big contractor bags and just filling them with, you know, the dirty clothes and washing them in the big washing machines at, um, a big laundromat just to get through it, you know? And then, yeah as soon as you finally could figure out where that woman's shelter was, it's kind of like a private address. Cause they don't want just anyone showing up, you know, especially for like domestic violence and stuff. Um, when we finally got the, the phone number and the location and I could start to drop them off, that made it so much easier and I could do it for her. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I think that's the key is knowing. So doing a little bit of research, trying to find in your area where you can take certain items and Sometimes that's tougher too, because they get, and depends where you're taking them. They can get pickier. There's consignments. There's quite a few, but you need to really make your choices. Do you want to take them to consignment or do you want to donate? Dress for success is another big one. I don't know if that's where you are. I, I know they're, I thought they were worldwide, but they help um, women who are going back into the uh, workforce, right? Nice. So that's another really neat one too. As soon as you know, though, it's so much easier, isn't it? Because then you can decide when you're doing your sorting. It's like, okay, this can go to, I'm just going to use dress for success. Um, this can go to um, donation or this textile recycling as well. Yes. Makes it easier, yes. doesn't it? Yeah. I yeah, love totally. textile
0: recycling. Knowing even that the end of life, you know, the the clothing that cannot be used anymore can still have, like, they're almost like reincarnated, right? Like it's going to yes. be like, now what's going to be inside of... um. I don't know, a mattress or, you know, some person's wall or something like that. Well, what I, I guess when I was finally loading up my trash can and it ended up getting filled with all those bits and pieces, I was like, why was I holding this much literal junk? Like I was boxing up garbage and it was in my, it was in my home. It was in my, it was taking space for my children to be able to play. We actually downsized homes when we moved here. Um, We lost about 600 square feet. Um, I don't know what that would be in meters, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) It was, you know, it was, we, we had a lot of stuff in our old home and we didn't let go of enough of it before we moved. And so I think we're just kind of dealing, a lot of the boxes that we're dealing with are the bits and pieces that we scraped up at the very end. Like we were moving out, it's like the last day and we're just like scooping up loads of stuff out of the bottoms of the you know, um, the closets after they took the furniture out, you know, under the couches and stuff, we just kind of scooped it all into boxes. And so like, we had to pick through one at a time. (laughs) It'd be nice to just have dumped the whole thing. But one of the things we did is we finally put all the games back together. Like the puzzle that was missing the piece, we found the piece, you know, and then I felt like once I had the complete puzzle, then I could get rid of it.
1: Yes. Yes, that is really hard When with kids' toys as well if you have bits and pieces. So a really neat thing for that is have a the box somewhere so when you find or you have missing toys and then you can put mm-hmm. them in the box and then collect them all. So you don't have to go and find them straight away, right? But it's a good feeling, isn't it? Because then you yeah. know... It's found another home (laughs) complete.
0: And then, and then someday I'm not going to find this random piece and like wonder, did I keep the rest of it or not? Like, I know that I either got rid of it or I am waiting for the missing pieces. My youngest child is six and I'm to the point where I'm like the toys that we're going to keep are going to have to be like the legacy toys, you know, like the ones from when they were little, um, the, the cheap blocks and the cheap, I don't know, puzzles we're not going to keep. Yep. If it was like that, that high quality, you know, like maybe Melissa and Doug style um, yes. stuff that could last maybe till the next generation or for when all the, I'm the oldest of a million kids. So I have lots of cousins <laughs> and nephews and nieces coming and continuing to come. At, there's 10 kids in my family. Um, oh, wow. So <laughs> I know this, <laughs> there's going to be more cousins coming um, <laughs> over the years. I think only three or four of us have started to have our families. Um, so there'll be more. Uh, oh, yes. so now I'm like, I, I'm only going to save the baby books that are like so special that we would want to, to share them with our grandchildren. The ones that aren't special are gone. They're already gone. So yeah, it's Beautiful. nice to just be like, if it's not, if it's not like a legacy toy, like that, I would want yep. to pass on to my ch- grandchildren. We're not going to keep it.
1: Yeah. And that's perfect. And that's kind of doing a guideline, right? So just having that guideline, cause, um, and even though like I kind of minimalist organizer, but I still have my son. It's funny you said Melissa and Doug, and I have that. And I still have special books that um, his mm-hmm. auntie sent from Australia. And I still have his wooden train set because you know they're the legacy. They're the classics. They yeah. can still be used But you, when the guideline. But you have to keep the guideline. Remember, if you've got a place to store it, don't use yeah. it to kind of keep, keep a lot of stuff. You have to make sure that you have somewhere to store it, too
0: one of the things that came up with my family. So we have a lot of people in this family that have a good memory. Obviously I sometimes don't, but, um, but if, if my kids can remember who gave it to them, it feels special to them. So we have to go to that next level. Like, is it so special that, you know, we can, we can keep it in your closet, which is already pretty full, you know, like we want to have the space to run and play. Um, so like, it's not just like, I remember getting it. I remember who gave it to me. It has to be like another criteria more than that.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) No, and that's totally, and you could even
1: box it away as well. Again, I'm a big fan of kind of boxing things away and then you put it up high or put it away somewhere. If they haven't asked for it, the the trick there though, is when you bring it out, of course, they're going to be all over it again because it's something new, but then you can rotate the toys too,
0: right? When we moved and we found some boxes, they finally unpacked a box that they hadn't seen in two years. <laughs> My husband and I got to sleep yeah. an extra three hours that morning because it got into it and they were so quiet. <laughs> we You're <started>. like, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was amazing. He's like, I should do this every two years and so we can get an extra yes. three
0: hours. <laughs> so well, what percentage of your work week, let's just say, would be administration, working from your home office versus going out into the community and helping versus the coaching? How would you divide up your time right now?
1: Yeah, you know, it has changed a lot, actually, after everything that's happened and pivoting. So um, I'm actually more at my desk um, doing administration than and coaching than I was before. Before it would have been, gosh, like 60, 40, well, maybe in 70, 30. So going into people's homes and that's what I was doing a lot of a little bit of, you know, admin work. And then now it's switched a lot. So I just have kind of repeat clients. Um, so it's probably, it, gosh, it's even gone 70, 30 the other way, probably more admin coaching um, as well. So yeah, so so 30% going out now, I guess, into the community. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, it's, I feel good about it as you can hear me hesitating I'm like it's still an adjustment it, it really yeah. is yeah, total um, because I would really get to know people and I would get to help them and see that success um, but now I, I love it because I'm creating and learning and helping and being able to put that to to so many more people. I think that's the biggest thing. I have a bigger reach now, Um, obviously, you know, internationally because I can do coaching online and I know I'm really helping them and giving people the life skills. So, yeah, it was a difference, you know, just sitting at your desk in office for a long time. You want to make sure everything's set up and and, um, nicely. So it's taken me a while. I've moved my office since I moved into my house maybe three times actually.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Where um, are you now? We can, on the video, we can see you're in a small room. What is this room?
1: Yeah. So this is actually still needs to be complete. So I'm in a townhouse. So what it is now, um, this is actually the mudroom. So what, when we built the house, I said, take out the, uh, don't put the closet in because I'm going to make this my office and a little mudroom because we downsize as well. I just have one mm-hmm. child, uh, but we don't have an office. He has, gaming room um and the second bedroom right gotta have the gaming room but it's his mm-hmm. place to hang out so my office mm-hmm. kind of like you know what i'll be creative i'll sit in the mudroom so i i went here then i moved into the foyer then i went upstairs and then i'm back down here again i'm like this okay. is it i need to be here um, what is it about this space that worked for you yeah that's a really good question um i have a door i can close it <laughs> i love yep. that
0: Um, a a recurring theme people, if you, if you're trying to decide where to put your office, try to pick the one that has a door that can close. Yes. So (laughs)
1: important. And especially because so many of us are online. Right. So when Mm -hmm. I was in the foyer, it could go right upstairs. So then you can hear everything. And it's just, it's not nice. And actually, you know what, Um, I had my desk facing the wall and I didn't like that because it felt enclosed. So for me, and it depends your personality, I'd like to have a bit of space to be that creativity. And I felt like it just allowed for more productivity. But also I have a window in front of me as well. So I like having that light coming in. Um, Yes, it does go out to the garage that way, but that's okay. It's not that often. They can also go out this way. Mm -hmm. um but it's my personal space and it's small enough that I can reach things so like I have my paper here I have my second monitor I have my books and I Mm -hmm. love that so it's all about being you know being able to reach things um and then I'll just put a uh banner behind me or like a screen so it will split Mm -hmm. it off and make it feel like another room
0: yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. I also, it's really important to me to be able to reach things because I was working on camera. And so basically I had to just be able to like, know even like without looking where my stuff was and to be able to just reach for it and grab it and hold it up. And we were using a lot of realia and just like props to just try to like demonstrate for, you know, new English uh, learners um, that didn't know the word red, you know, I had to demonstrate red. So I had several red things that I could pull out. Um, But yeah, I'm ready to So you've got Shelby next to you and -hmm. you said you have paper. What else do you need in your office right now?
1: You know what? Not a lot. So just for me, um, I would like to hide, make it look prettier is a big thing. So I'm actually going to install some um, cabinets myself and just have a U-shaped desk. So again, my personality, um, you know, it helps to know how you like to work. I like to spread out. So when I'm kind of on a roll and I'm creating and I have paper, that's just me. I'm very tactile, right? I like to write things down. Even though I have computers, I still write things down. So, um, really just books for research, um, some paper, you know, some, um, I'm looking at things when I go, um, you know, things that I've printed off, like maybe, um, information so I can have it quickly at hand. And really that's all I have. I don't have a lot paperwork. I don't have, I have a drawer, one drawer and that's where all my paperwork is. Um, I like to keep things digitally, keep that organized. And then paperwork that I don't need, I will recycle as soon as I can. Um, Mm. So it's, and it's a constant thing because I know if I don't, it's going to pile up. Um, And that's really all I have. And and I have my diffuser as well. That's the most important.
0: (laughs) The atmosphere. (laughs) Yes. When you talk about your coaching and your training, are you coaching and training actual clients who just need help and motivation to do their own work? Or are you actually coaching and training other professional organizers?
1: The good question. So it's actually people who need help, um, just that inspiration and, and going through those triggers that need help with organizing and decluttering. Um, some people who are stuck you know, they're feeling so overwhelmed and they're just like, I just can't deal with it. I don't know where to start. Um, I don't know how to find a home for things. I don't know how to categorize. And then they, we do that. And then we actually create habits and routines, which I know a couple of people are like, why would I do that? How does that help me declutter? And they found that, oh, it's, it's so important. And it's really another big key because we start creating habits of 15 minutes at the end of the day um you know put things away in your office make it look tidy and then um and the kitchen as well super important because it sets you up for the next day so it's kind of coaching through those things and then I have my online program which is a self-paced do-it-yourself um again very look looking at the psychological part of it and really helping people shift but it's it's easy to do right so it's not you know too overwhelming
0: (laughs) right I um I was telling you that I had books and things, but one of the people that I uh, found a few years back, and I hope that I'll interview her again at some point. um, uh, She called herself the habit hacker. And what I liked about her is that it was very real, but it was very based on routines. Like it might not be a habit that you will um, just do without thinking, But if you get into the habit of having a routine, (laughs) I don't know how to put this. Um, (laughs) No, that's good. I like it. (laughs) I I read a book that helped me understand the difference between um, habits and routines because habits, I'm finding it, habits, and I don't know if I agree with everything in this book, but it was um, The Power of Habit by Charles Dewey, I believe. Okay. Um, but basically habits are things that you do without thinking that become almost subconscious routines. Um, you might not, you might want to put it off. Like it might be not a a fun thing that you, you know, um, it's not natural to just want to go to the gym every single day. You don't naturally just get up and like bounce out the door straight into the gym every day. Um, the same way that you might, you know, like pour yourself a cup of coffee or something like that. So, um, routines, still take that intention and you still have to, you know, well up some sort of motivation for it. So, um, yeah. Definitely. So do you want to talk about that at all?
1: Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, that's what I talk about is with the habits and routines, you're right. So brushing your teeth kind of becomes a habit now because we usually do it. Well, it depends if the kids are mm-hmm. not, they take a bit more <laughs> motivating, yes. um, but we do that without thinking we eat without thinking we have those habits but then with the routine, so if we're going to keep the clutter at bay, so we need to routinely um, declutter and we need to do it so it's every, every day, I want to get it to the point where it's 15 minutes a day. So that becomes a routine. Yes, you're right. It's not something that everybody wants to do, but by doing that, you're keeping the clutter. So at the end of the day, what I suggest is you have a little basket, you put everything in and then you put it all away. So you don't just let it build up and build up. Um, And then the other routine is what I really um, might not seem sort of intuitive, but doing meal prepping. And people kind of go, oh, how does that go with, because it saves you time. And so what I find is um, with meal prepping, you are spending, perhaps you have one night, you're doing half an hour, you have your meal ready and um, done and dusted, right? And you have your dishes done. And this is how I find I save a lot of time is because I do a lot of meal prepping on one day and then because I've saved time, I now can do that cleaning of the house. So it's a little bit of a different concept as well, but um, that's what I find in my life because I say I'm not a naturally organized person, but when I have less clutter and I create these routines, it helps me create that time that I so desperately want and that's how I can fit um doing podcasts, doing my work, doing the coaching, Mm. because I'm creating that routine. So it's a little bit of a different way of thinking about it that way. I
0: mean, it absolutely fits in with organization. Absolutely. I actually, um, back in Illinois, I had started a little group and it was almost like a support group, (laughs) if you will, for people that wanted to be better about organization. And so we got together almost like a club, And had a meeting and we talked about tips and tricks that have helped us and like some of the motivation things that we found that, you know, to encourage each other and then report back, you know, next month, how did it go? You know, and out of that and some other similar things that were all happening at the same time in that community, um, we started a freezer group. So it was freezer meals exchange group. And that was fantastic because not, not only did we make a huge batch of a meal, but we shared it with other families and they shared theirs and we went home with eight different meals and we had social time. So it was like, that's awesome together, you know, hang out with your friends and go home with your, like, like two weeks worth of meals completely done. So it's great. Yeah. And,
1: And see, that's what I think it's about being proactive than being reactive. And I know when I've done, had some coaching with some clients and they were like, but i I don't really want to plan it. I don't want to take that time to plan. I'd just rather react and get it done. And then that's when it causes the stress, the overwhelm and the anxiety, right? But if you take that hour or two hours to do the meal prepping, you are being proactive and you're preventing that. And also when you talked about, you know, um, children getting sick. So this is what happens, right? Then if you have that meal prepping in place, I mean, there's other things you can do too, but I'm just using that. Like, I also do laundry on the same days of the week too. So yep. I go that far, yep. right? Um, and, right? And it, it's just, it makes, it helps. And so when something happens in your life, uh, you have to work extra, the kids get sick. You can cope with that. You don't have to do anything extra. You can just um, deal with the situation, then come back and then it hasn't built up as much. I hope I'm saying that right. It'll kind of, I'm picturing them in my mind, but yeah, if that yeah. makes sense.
0: <laughs> so, um, you're talking about just saving the time. Here's, here's an example from our family the other day. So our daughter was invited to two birthday parties and I emptied out her backpack. And so we used to have this desk right next to our door that just held everything. It just was mm-hmm. that dump spot where we would just like yep. throw all the things like, all the random bits and pieces of papers that came bills and mail that came into the house just got shoved in there and it kind of turned into a nightmare. And so we moved that desk. It's actually now away from the doors upstairs here in our bedroom. Um, and it's harder to just shove things into it, you know? (laughs) Um, well, anyway, I pulled out two birthday party invitations out of my daughter's backpack and I put them on the piano. Not where we normally would put them, but they just (laughs) ended up there. And normally I would have taped them to like a refrigerator or something, or I would have immediately RSVP'd or something, you know? Yes. Well, my, my husband was deep cleaning one day, speed cleaning actually, (laughs) and we don't know where they went. And so I don't know who invited my daughter to birthday parties. We don't know when they are where, um, or which kid, you know, like, we don't know, um, who was inviting her. And I was like, I think they ended up upstairs in the desk because when he shoved everything, I think they went into the desk. And so we undid the entire desk and we, that's, that's where we started our paper organization journey today <laughs> It's all oh, across the table. Um, we're going to take care of this and we're going to find those birthday invitations. Didn't find them. <laughs> so, um, but the thing is, is like, when you don't take care of something right away at the very beginning, then you're going to spend an hour later trying to find it. And one of the things, and I'm sure you've said this a million times, but that lady that was really helpful and the motivation aspect of it, she's like, I don't want to touch this too many times. So why don't you just decide right now, are we keeping these or not? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to have to do it again and again. And that's how I feel paper. You know, like if it's going to enter the house, I want it to either go straight into the recycling or straight into a file right now. So I, next time when I'm looking for the title of the car or whatever it was, you know, I'm not going to have to rip through six boxes of papers that just got shoved. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah no totally and that's um we have our mailbox uh usually out so you have to walk and get it so what i always say to people go straight to the recycling dump it in straight away don't leave it on the countertop just like you said so um dealing with things straight away however the only thing i'll say with um really bigger harder sentimental items they might take a little bit longer to to detach yourself from and The less you touch them, the better, because they call that, um, uh, you know, when you're shuffling things around. Um, But when you have harder things to deal with, really is a process with that one. But being able to deal with the paperwork straight away is super important. So you don't lose things.
0: (laughs) And I'm not even intending to get rid of a lot of the sentimental papers over the years. We'll go through them again and we'll whittle it down a little bit more. The things that were sentimental might not be anymore. Um, yes. but right now it, for us, it's just managing the bulk of it. You know, like the, yeah. the 98% that came in that needs to get dealt <laughs> with. Yeah. Some yeah. So sometimes things. it's
1: Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, sometimes oh. it's high level, just deal with it in high level. And that mm. takes the stress away, right? Because if you're going to say, I need to have this filing system that is from A to Z, then you're just like, whoa, I don't know how to deal with that. That's too much. But if you do high level, just like what you said, it's like, we'll just deal with the stuff. We'll get a handle on it. Things that you can purge straight away totally make sense. Right. And then you move through things quicker, sometimes with paperwork you will touch it two or three times right because mm-hmm. it it really when you have so much of it it is a process and a recycling you cycle through it. yeah for sure.
0: When I was looking just for fun, I, I think I came across some like YouTube videos about how to be a professional organization organizer and I was looking at them and being inspired by them and getting some good tips and you know some people can charge a lot even per hour to do it and I know that there's some specialties do you have a specialty like do you manage like you said a garage versus paper versus whole house like do you do you do more yeah. of the organization and beautification or are you like and just help have you ever helped hoarders like what's going on? Like, what's your specialty good question?
1: There? Yeah. So my specialty is kind of borderline hoarders. Um, so I don't make things look pretty. I'm not my specialty at all. And I, I really open with people about that. Um, I mean, we can for sure, but what I really want to get to is the root cause and how people let go. So I do have borderline, um, hoarders, you know, clients, um, who, really have a history. They have a a history behind it. They're struggling. And that's where the coaching comes into the trauma, past traumas in their life, um, that type of thing. So that's really more my specialty, my niche. Um, I can do any part of the house, but it's always starts with the decluttering always the purging and always having those conversations um paperwork you know i'm not gonna lie it's not uh, my super favorite thing um but you know if it's you know my biggest thing is keep it simple keep life simple. And I think that's where we, a lot of us get caught up in as if we make, like I said before, these really complicated systems and we're not going to keep them. We're not going to stick with it. We're, before we begin, it's going to be like, it's too hard. I don't want to do it. So yeah, that for, for me, it is the specialty is really people who are struggling with items to let go. There's some attachment and yeah, that's, that would be me, I'd
0: say. Do you, end, do you end up sitting down and having like a consultation before you begin the project or do you just like show up with like your, I don't know if you have a kit that you bring to help um, to label things or to sort things or do you just say, yes. get down and get dirty right away? Well,
1: you know what I used to do before everything kind of hit, we would do in-house consultations and talk to the client, walk with them, go around. And it was interesting because a lot of the times they'd call me in for one area of their home. And then by the time the consultations finish, it's like, well, gosh, maybe I would need the closet, the kitchen, the, you know, everything. So it would kind of... I feel like it's a knock-on effect. So we we'll go through that consultation. I have a tool bag. I definitely have a labeler. Who doesn't love a good
0: labeler, right?
1: <laughs> Got all of that. Um, and then I have, you know, uh, sort of basic tools. Like we have hammers, we have Stanley knives, we have, um, uh, gosh, I have no uh, rubber gloves. We have all those kind of things. So there's kind of a toolkit that we go through. Um, and then that kit, and then... A lot of the times now I can actually just talk to people on Zoom. They show me a couple of pictures. I can actually say how long it's going to take and what you need. And then we just kind of really jump into it. So the the longer you do it, the more you really do know instinctively what it's going to do, what you need to do um, and work through it.
0: Yeah. Are there a lot of other organizers in your community or are you kind of like
1: it's, it's really becoming really big. Um, when I first started, there was probably, you know, not many of us. Um, but now there is like, it's at least tripled. Um, so like going to just my little community, um, there's, you know, we have the Facebook group and everything. So there's probably four or five organizers there now. So it's really becoming way more popular because that's kind of how life is right now. For a lot of people, we struggle with our stuff and people are becoming more aware of it. There's also, you know, when you move house, so there's that service too. So there is,
0: like you said, quite a few different specialties for organizers as well. Um, Yeah, I feel like um, I can see that they would be your competition, but have you ever collaborated with any of them before?
1: Yeah, we definitely have. So at first you're right. I was like, oh my gosh, they're my competition. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> but now what it is, it's like, hey, would you like to help me with this with this project? And so now I actually um, contract a uh, another professional organizer. We work together. We're about to um, install and design a closet and organize it. So we do it together. Um, that way it's really just, you know, the more manpower. I did have a team. Uh, Before everything hit, we were doing a lot of packing jobs. So we let that, unfortunately, had to let go. And um, now I just work with another organizer. And then we do have a private group for other organizers. And everybody's pretty open about it. When you first start out, you get a little you know, wary. It's like, oh, who's my competition.
0: I think that's every industry though.
1: (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Yes. And then you're
0: like, wait a minute. These are like the best resource that I can have in my back pocket. And like, if you get overwhelmed, you can refer and they could, you know, give back in that way. Do you um, have anything else that you want to uh, share about working from home? Like anything that has like, that this has allowed you to do that you weren't able to do before or anything like that?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. So it's the freedom of working from home, right? We all say that there is the stress. Um, There is the kind of when you have the children and when they are online learning or they get sick, so you have them. But the flip side to that is that you're at home and um, you don't have to travel. I think that's huge. I don't know about if you've done that before, but you know the commute to work can be like 40 minutes each way yep. and then in Calgary we get minus 30.
0: So it's yep. like who won't right who wants to commute in that. So yeah. that is brilliant. Um, I'm from Minnesota. And so the minus, right. you know, like the Celsius and Fahrenheit, they basically kind of almost merge or at about minus 30. Okay. So, <laughs> so, yeah. I know so those know. temperatures.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, who wants to commute in that? So there's that. And being able to, to be in your own environment. I really like that actually as well. Um, not having to go downtown. I'm not a huge fan of it myself. Um, but also I feel working from home, It's, it's really, I don't know, peaceful is the right word. It's just, I feel very calm with it, even when I am stressed, because I can walk away when I need to. um, Or I can, um, I was gonna say watch TV. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Watch TV when I left, but, but you right. know, you can, is, but when you're feeling overwhelmed and I like it because I can, with my lunches, I can prepare my lunches, those kind of things. Um, so I'm really enjoying working from home and it can be really rewarding. I feel, I love it. So
0: yeah. Do you, um, schedule out several months or can do you have like more control of your schedule week by week?
1: More week by week. Um, try and do as much month out, out by the month. Um, but like you said, so I have control over my own schedule. I can schedule in, you know, um, meetings when I want to. But when my son has hockey, you know, I can go take him to hockey. I don't have to worry about that when they have their PD day. So that's a day off school. um, You don't have, you don't schedule as much in that day. So that's the real beauty of it. Right. Um, So I really love that.
0: I think we're probably maxing out our time here. So I should probably have you um, tell, Mm -hmm. tell everybody, especially those of you that live in uh, Calgary, canada uh alberta canada um how can people find you and um if someone would like the coaching aspects not necessarily the in-person stuff worldwide where can they find those resources
1: for sure thank you so um you can go into my website the space reclaimers.ca Um, I'm also on Instagram at The Space Reclaimers and Facebook is The Space Reclaimers. So there's a theme going on here. And also there's my podcast as well, which is Inspiring Calm Podcast. So that will be uh, some inspiration and motivation for people as well. And when you, you can send me a message if you're interested in the coaching to see if it's the right fit for you, right? Uh, We want to make sure that it's going to be a, a great situation for both. So
0: yeah, they're the best places to find me. So the Space Reclaimers, like plural Reclaimers.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: And .ca for Canada. Correct. Yes. All right. Um, Any final thoughts before we wrap it up?
1: Um, You know what? If you are inspired to, maybe you're not working from home right now and you're wanting to, I would totally recommend doing it because it gives you that so much freedom and control. And even if it's scary, reach out to other people, um, you know, to anybody else who's done it and ask and just ask questions. Um, Yeah. But, and, and really release the clutter, create that space that you love so you can allow for that creativity and that productivity and you will love your new space.
0: If we're going to be working and living in the same place, we might as well like it, right?
1: Yes, it is. It's our sanctuary, right? So you need to make it the space that you love and enjoy and feel calm and right and have some good energy.
0: <laughs> so calm, C-A-L-M, calm is your uh, podcast. The calm That's right. Yes. time.
1: Calm. Inspiring, Inspiring calm.
0: calm. Okay. That's got it. it. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much Louise for spending this time with me. We appreciate you. And um, thank you for the little mini session that I got right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I feel motivated I have this whole space I need to redo now um and I think I, I think I'm going to take your advice I'll, I'll box it up I'll, I'll box yes. it up and organize it and it'll be nice like a fresh palette and yes. then once I know wh- which direction I'm going to go I can let go and bring in, bring back the things I need I like it I'm going to do it I love it excellent I, I want to know how I you will. go I will email you next week and let you know how it went.
1: (laughs) I love being held accountable. I love that. Setting
0: a date and saying it out loud. Two good things. (laughs) I just did it. All right. Thank you so much, Louise. This has been Louise Hopkins with April Malone and Yes, I Work From Home. We'll see you next time. Thank Thank you. you.